What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a new episode of the RXP Podcast, the podcast where a few worker professionals talk all about their love for movies, TV shows, and video game. Today, we have a special peer review on The Batman. I'm, of course, your host, Matt, and today I am joined by Yasser. The Batman has lived up to the hype. So much hype going into this, and honestly, you are so right, dude. Like this, oh man, Robert, Robert. Oh my gosh, he, he really stepped up. I was not expecting yeah. it. Honestly, I I, uh, I reviewed our initial DC fandom discussion on the trailer mm-hmm. early on, or earlier today, and it's crazy yeah, yeah. seeing what we were concerned about early on, and then how Patman kind of lived up to the hype after all. Yeah. Dude, he's so good. Anyway, we're going to get on into it. This, of course, for all of you that may be new, uh, peer review is our review episode style. So we are going to go full in on the Batman. This is going to be full of spoilers. So if you don't want to get spoiled, take a pause, go to your nearest theater, go watch the Batman, come back to us. We'll be here. We'll be recorded. Uh, but yeah, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. So Yasser. We're going to take off the kid gloves. We're going to talk right about it. We're jumping right in. Let's do it. Um, I, You watched this maybe a little bit before me. Maybe, do you watch it uh, Tuesday? I watched it Wednesday, Wednesday night, and then you watched it, what was it, Friday night? Friday night, yeah. So a couple days. I remember texting you when I came out of the theater, and I was like, this is, this is one of the best Batman movies out there. Right. And then literally within a minute, I was like, no, scratch that. <laughs> like, this is the best Batman film out there. Um, and, you know, like, it's been a couple days now. It's a little bit cooled, but I still feel super strongly about this uh, this movie. It was just everything from the setting to the characters mm-hmm. to just the overall feel of the Batman. I honestly think that this is the one of the best adaptations of a comic book. It felt like I was reading a comic book with the gothic city of Gotham where it very much felt kind of out of this world, even with it being kind of, you know, that New York style uh, type of city. I, I thought that Batman was amazing. I, I thought that this was not just about action or these huge, you know, set pieces. This was gritty but also down to earth it was it was him being a detective which is what i love about batman comics just to begin we with. we talked about that um i know it, it's so 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 good and i honestly think the chemistry between some of the characters were just fantastic yes. i i couldn't say enough about it of course there's things that i i probably would have changed if i could but you know we'll get into that we will so where where are you at dude i i'm right there with you i remember when i first kind of let it digest and thought about the movie as a whole. I really was impressed by how much I ended up in and le- ended up liking it. I had a lot of reservations coming in both about Pattinson and about Matt Reeves mm-hmm. and what that that vision was going to end up looking like on the silver screen and I feel like they really for the most part nailed it. There are like you said some things that I would have changed as well and we will get into that but off the bat most of it was in my opinion, I'm in agreement with you. One of the best Batman adaptations we've seen so far. Uh, I was a little surprised by how fun it was to watch because like mm-hmm. we talked about when we talked about fandom, this is a much darker take than what we're typically used to, not only with Batman movies, but also superhero movies in general, right? 
And yeah. the only other one that we've had like this recently, for me at least, is uh, Batman versus Superman. And so that gives me pause, mm. right? Like that was a really dark take. Yeah. And we know, like we've talked about our thoughts on Batman versus Superman. But in this case, Matt Reeves really did a good job of keeping it a fun movie to watch while embracing the darker take of not only Batman, but Gotham as a whole. And for me, the two hour, 55 minute runtime, which sounds ridiculous when you say it, um, yeah. it really flew by for me. Like it didn't feel like a slog. There were some critics that said like, hey, this could have ended at this or X or Y point. I didn't feel that way. At no point did I think, oh, this would have been a good ending. Like when they, um, when they found the Riddler, I don't yeah. think that would have been a good time to end the movie you know like there was still enough to explore about why the riddler was doing this and what his overall take mm -hmm. was uh did you feel the same way or do you feel like it did kind of slog towards the end yeah like i initially was a little bit worried about three-hour movies just yeah. in general three-hour movies are, are something that makes me worry a little bit uh, I didn't know if this was going to be like another Snyder cut where it's like, <laughs> yeah. it just didn't have any form. But honestly, looking back, I don't know what I would cut right. because there was parts in like each of the thirds that really resonated with me. And I thought about afterwards, like I, I thought that he, it, it was good enough of a slow burn. And I don't mean that in a negative way. Mm -hmm. I think it was kind of like a slow burn, but it was intriguing once you were getting closer and closer to the big reveal of who the Riddler is and what they're up to. Yep, I agree. And you know what's really interesting, in my opinion? So I've been a little all over the place since I watched this movie because my initial take was that it was a very different movie than the Nolan trilogy. And yeah. I recently rewatched Batman Begins. And to Ooh, me, so oh yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, don't, I don't feel like I gave the Nolan trilogy enough credit when we talked about it during the fandom. But we'll get into that a little bit later as far as where this <laughs> kind of ranks in those, uh, in those Batman movies of all time. Um, but it was interesting to me that I actually felt like the Batman Begins movie in Nolan's trilogy was a little bit slower off the, off the bat because you're still introducing the character to everybody, or at least that's how Nolan wanted to introduce Batman. Um, while in this movie, you're kind of just thrown in like, hey, this is Batman. He, you're not going to get a backstory like you did a million times in the past. And so it really gets the ball rolling a little bit faster, in my opinion, than other Batman movies because of that. How did you feel? I, I thought that them being at year two was mm -hmm. one of the smartest decisions that they could have done. Yeah. Because I rewatching Batman Begins maybe a year and a half ago. I remember thinking, man, this really takes a while. Yes. This takes a while to get him going. It does. And like they almost waste half of a movie, right. honestly. It's when true. You look at <laughs> yeah. it, of just getting him. Like because it was a trilogy was fine because it was like a half of the first movie. Then the second two movies, you know, he was full in. But oof, like it is slow and the rewatchability just dives. And I think that there's like pretty some unique aspects of being in year two. Like he is done this before he has his armor we don't have to go through like a stupid like <laughs> um fast forwarded version of him finding the ways you know yeah him getting his car and putting an engine in the like no one cares like put him in a suit put him on the street and let's go yep. and i loved honestly one of my favorite scenes was the beginning where um 
there's all these crimes that are going mm-hmm. all at the same time and he's like narrating over it yes. it's kind of like those yellow panels in a in a uh, comic book where it's like <laughs> being narrated by someone yeah. and him saying that you know he can't be in all the places at once but them seeing that light in the sky makes them kind of like should i be doing this should i not <laughs> and like that to me is the best way that we could have seen batman because he's he's makes people fear him and yeah. like he may show up he may not and honestly i don't think that we've ever seen that kind of like from the like a, a burglar or from the mug like this is what their perspective is of batman is he is he lurking in the shadows is he about to beat me up like what's going to happen mm-hmm. um I, I just love that that you can see that in the past two years he's been terrorizing the streets and he has just been going after these bad guys love it i'm a hundred percent on board with what you just said i thought the introduction to the patman was perfect like you have this really mm-hmm. dark vision of gotham which in my opinion is what i was expecting to see of gotham when you look at the animated TV show or you look at some comics, like it's always introduced as a really crime-ridden and dark city. And when you look at the Nolan movies or other movies, for example, they're more, like you said, it's more believable, like it looks like Pittsburgh or something. And then at night, you just assume that there's more crime going on. But this is a Mm -hmm. much darker take in comparison. It's much more comic-like in how dark it is. And I love the visceral fear that those villains showed when they saw the Batman logo up in the sky and just not knowing where he is. Like there's a bunch of different scenes that they set out on a train car and then in the alleys where you could just see him being there, but you didn't actually see him. And so as you kind of develop through those different cutscenes, you eventually saw where he actually was. And when he actually was introduced to those, I think it was like six mugmen that were trying to beat up that one dude on the train station. Yeah. I thought that was epic. Dude, I, I loved, um, so the director of um, Halloween, and it just completely escapes my mind, um, John Carpenter. Um, I watched this Netflix series that's uh, the movies that made us. Oh, and they do yes. an episode about Halloween. That's true. And so they had no budget no budget in the 70s trying to figure out this slasher or not even slasher because they couldn't even afford slasher they could afford a (laughs) horror film and so uh hearing how their idea of causing fear was taking a video of an empty room or an empty closet where it's just dark so then they don't have to make anything there but then the audience kind of makes like puts the shape within that closet or whatever and like they think that they're there and so it's almost a way to kind of like trick the audience to be scared and it's cool to see that matt reeves whether he knew it or not like he was using that same exact way to to kind of like put the filmmaker in that almost back into the 70s of like hey the batman doesn't need to be there like he could be maybe he will um, I just thought that that was so, so cool. I think that's a really great comparison. And I absolutely think Matt Reeves deliberately did that. Like he introduced mm-hmm. horror elements into a Batman movie, which is something that we just haven't seen. And it works perfectly in this in this take. Yeah, I, um, I, I just I loved it. I think Matt Reeves definitely showed that he's a fan of Batman. Yep. And like he did it justice, I think that he he just knocked it out of the ballpark. I think Batman for me, like 
um, he was really great. Like, I think that Robert Pattinson did really well with this role. I think the, f- the weird thing about this is um, I listen to some other other people and I, I enjoy listening to podcasts that talk about like famous DC um, characters like Batman, like Superman, like many other different things. And it's funny because there's always kind of like this school of thought that is Batman really kind of the true self and then Bruce Wayne is almost like the mask that he wears like on top. And I think that this sh- this movie very much showed that like you could tell that his full-time job is Batman like his part-time like cover is honestly just Bruce Wayne and I I honestly like I didn't care for his Bruce Wayne but I think it's it shows his character arc if, if that makes any sense like he yeah. hasn't learned the, the way to balance it like Christian Bale did like right. Christian Bale with his Batman he was very well balanced with having to be Bruce Wayne, having to do all these things because it furthered his his investigations and everything. Yep. Um, but I, I definitely think that his Batman, though, is one of my favorites. I agree. I, I think we talked about that as well a little bit about whether or not Pattinson really fits as Bruce Wayne or not. And mm-hmm. I agree. I don't think he does as good of a job as Bruce Wayne in this movie, but I think that's okay because I think it's more of a different take on Bruce Wayne versus what mm-hmm. we've seen in the past as him being a millionaire playboy, or at least he plays it off as such in the Nolan trilogy. I like I- him being secluded in this version of the Batman mm-hmm. and kind of only showing his face when necessary. Uh, mm-hmm. and kind of using it strategically as well as we see in this movie. I think it's really good, and I personally had no problem with them going that direction versus what we've been accustomed to doing in the Nolan trilogy and even before that. I, and I almost wonder if in their next iteration, if Bruce Wayne will be different. Because mm-hmm. I feel like, because he was like vengeance. He was basically like pure rage right. <laughs> at the beginning. And then being able to help people like i feel like his character as batman kind of softened quite a bit uh even seeing kind of himself in in the orphan in the you know the mayor's orphan it or you know new orphan i guess um i i wonder if he'll be a little bit more personable maybe when he realizes that he needs to be like maybe this is a way to help people. I don't know. I, it, we'll, we'll see. But I don't. I didn't mind it. I think he will be. I think it absolutely what you said was absolutely correct. He in this movie was really kind of trying to find himself and what he really wants to do with the Batman persona, which I think is a reoccurring theme in the introduction movie of a Batman. Uh, I don't want to call this trilogy because I don't know what it's going to be, but that's kind of what Nolan's take was too in the first movie is kind of introducing him as a character and then also helping us understand what he's thinking and how his thinking kind of develops over time. I think mm. that they did a really good job in the bat the 2022's The Batman kind of helping us walk through his mentality throughout the movie and honestly the one of the best scenes in my opinion is after the fight scene over the rafters in the kind of flooding stadium towards the last quarter of the movie, you hear one of the uh, orphans that was supporting um, what Riddler was trying to do say that he was vengeance. And you could see it off mm-hmm. of 
Pat Pattinson's <laughs> face immediately like, wait, what the yeah. fuck? <laughs> like, that's what I'm trying to do. And so he like had to take a step back and understand like, hey, I could be going about this in a different manner. I don't think the way that I've been doing it is 100% correct. And I think we're going to see that development of the character of Batman and Bruce Wayne as we move along. But I thought it was really smart kind of having Bruce Wayne and Batman see his own reflection in these basically terrorists Mm -hmm. and kind of having to make him come to grips with what that means for him. And I think that's part of the reason why I love this film so much is because it reminds me of one of my favorite comic books, which is the killing joke. Um, It basically, it's a, it's, primarily with Joker and Batman. And the moral of the story is the only thing different between you and I, this is being, you know, Joker to Batman, mm-hmm. is one bad day. Right. Like, we are the same. And there's a thin line that Batman has, and I liked his little thing, like, no guns. And, you know, they're like, <laughs> that's your rule, it's not mine. You know, <laughs> yeah. Jeffrey Wright's character, which I think is hilarious. Um, you know, like, he has these rules set to try to prevent himself from being this person. But I think in that moment, you're totally right. Like, he's looking at this terrorist and like, man, that that's me. Right. Like, that's, we have that same motto. Like, we are the same person. And what I really like about, you know, one of my favorite parts is that at the end, when the Riddler was, like, telling them his master plan. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, don't you know what my master plan is? He's like, oh, Sorry, I'm, I must have thought that you're much smarter than you actually are. And I love that the Batman did not get it. Like, they did not just, like, miraculously get the plan. Like, he's still in year two. He's not the world's greatest detective. Like, right. I, I just love how this is almost kind of like an origin at the very beginning. Uh, I just, I, I really enjoyed that part. And honestly, I, I just like seeing the flaws in the Batman. Because I'm sure there's going to be another one. I, I would, Yeah, I would oh, absolutely, expect. yeah. And so we're going to see kind of some progression. I, I love that. Yeah. Have we even talked about uh, like Batman as a detective in this movie and how incredible that was? <laughs> oh, I listen, I'm, I'm ready to talk about it. If you're if you want to talk about it, go for it. Let's do it. So we had a lot of detective scenes in this movie. Right. And I thought mm-hmm. it was a good way to introduce the dynamic between the Batman and the police force in this origin yeah. story of Batman again. And it's mm-hmm. very different than what we saw in the older movies. Um, but I thought it was a more interesting take and a more interesting dynamic because not only is there that, that obvious um, like negative context with having a vigilante help the police, but you also mm-hmm. kind of get the inner workings of everything that's going on and seeing how corrupt the city is based on those same officers that you see in the um, in the crime scene being at the bar and at the club afterwards with the penguin and everything. So I thought yeah. it created a really interesting dynamic. And then, of course, the actual detective skills of Batman being introduced finally in a silver screen setting was really a perfect fit for having the Riddler being in the movie too, right? Because you have that dynamic between trying to solve a puzzle that the Riddler leaves behind and Batman using those detective skills to kind of progress that story. Yeah, I I think it's cool seeing, you know, not 
you know, Jeffrey Wright, who plays Detective Gordon mm-hmm. in this, I, I thought that he did a really great job. Like, I'm I'm a huge fan of Jeffrey Wright. As I am I. He's honestly could do no wrong on on the silver screen, in my opinion. Um, but it's funny seeing everybody else other than Detective Gordon kind of scared of Batman at the beginning when he's walking into the room and you're in the perspective of Batman yeah. and everyone's looking at you like... Some sort of freak. Is he <laughs> is he on our side? Like and then they're just like mean to him too. And then towards the end, like it's changed. It's changing because of what they're dealing with. And it's so cool. But I, I loved one, his contact lenses. Those are sweet. Yeah. That he could just like record <laughs> everything and just scrub through it later. I thought that was amazing. Um, but two, like he just used his detective skills. And the cool part about it is that, you know, he saw a mark in the in the uh in the wood wooden floor at the very beginning mm-hmm. and he didn't say like oh hey check this right um he kind of mentioned it later on he's like oh that's the murder weapon he just filed it away kind of thing. in the floor yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, which is really smart this this guy is just like he's a genius and that's that's what he is in the comics and i just love that i i thought that you're so right like if there needed to be one villain to showcase this the riddler is the choice and i I think you know there's there's some other characters that definitely could push him as well that i think could fit really well in this in this uh in this world um which of course like i'm guessing that's joker that was kind of teased in the later in the movie huge potential spoiler but it did it did seem like that could be the joker what are what is your opinion on the Joker specifically being in this new universe, do you think it needs to be the next movie or do you think it's something that they should tease and then leave for down the line? I would love for them to do it down the line. Yes, I agree. I I think that the Joker is easily the most iconic DC villain out there um, more than anything else, I, I think. I, I agree. So it's inevitably going to happen. I just loved Heath Ledger so much and I think that it would be really tough to change up especially with like Joker 2019 coming out like that makes it even more complicated like what what is that going to be I honestly would love for more off the beaten path villains I I think that there's so much huge potential Mm -hmm. in a backlog you know the past 40 years of just new villains that have never seen the light of day because there's only like a handful of them that actually have made it to the movies. Um, I don't know if, are you familiar with hush? I have not. No, I've not heard. So that character, honestly, as soon as I got out, I was like, I I hope hush is the next one. It's basically Mm -hmm. a childhood friend. He's very methodical. He like quotes Socrates. It's he's, um, a surgeon. And so he actually takes people's like, um, makes his face like theirs and so he's kind of like this master of disguise and he's just like very methodical and i think that that would pair really well with the kind of like this almost detective atmosphere of this new series question which i'm assuming is a series is this guy like the no face god in game of thrones or is that slightly different (laughs) um i don't know like what do you mean no face guy oh no face god oh yeah yeah yeah, um, not that, uh, you know, extra, you know, like not that uh, whatever. Fantastical. It is. Like this is all kind of like yeah, yeah, scientific yeah. Okay, okay. per se. <laughs> right. um, but he like walks around with like a bunch of bandages and stuff. Um, 
but super cool. Okay. Um, but you know, that's a little bit of a, a side tangent. Some of the characters we did see, can we just talk about how Zoe Kravitz is probably the best Catwoman? She's perfect. And we need to stop. <laughs> yeah. We need to stop casting Catwoman ever again. Yeah, it's a tough. Zoe Kravitz, she is she is Catwoman yeah. in my mind. That's gonna be tough to follow, and I think that kind of goes back to what you were saying with the Joker. If I can, real quick. Yeah. Because it was so soon after we experienced the Dark Knight, it really is going to be tough to have another Joker come out there. And like you said, with Joaquin Phoenix having his take, it's going to be weird to see a third Joker. Or, sadly, it would be like the fourth Joker because we have Suicide Squad too, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I do think, like you said, the Joker is kind of a pent ultimate villain for Batman. And so even in Nolan's trilogy, we saw it was pretty difficult to follow up the Joker in The Dark Knight Rises. And mm-hmm. so I agree with you. Let's tease him now. That's totally fine. And then bring him in down the line. Now, another question that I had before we jump into Selena, uh, Kyle, which we will, I promise. Um, <laughs> this movie had a lot of similar takes to... In my opinion, the story of Telltale's The Batman. Um, you you played that, right? Or did you not? I did. Okay. But you probably don't remember anything. I don't, like quite, everything. I don't sure, quite remember I don't, it. I yeah. don't either. But my question was, do you think the Court of Owls would fit well with this uh, universe? Oh, yeah. Okay. That's what I was thinking, yeah, too. Yeah, you're so right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I am looking forward to them potentially being um, introduced, hopefully. So I agree. I think that would fit really well. Um, and then... Did you want to talk about that at all before I jump into Selena Kyle? <laughs> yeah, I, I think Court of Owls is such a good take. I, like, it, of course, is going to be in Gotham Knights. Uh, so mm-hmm. hopefully that comes out this year. So a lot of people will get introduced to Court of Owls. Yes. And I think that it is kind of a newer villain or, I guess, subset of villains. Mm-hmm. I think it would be perfect. I think the, the best thing about Court of Owls is that you have to be a detective to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there's just so much of kind of like the underside, the underbelly of Gotham yep. that you've got to see a little bit when they're in the club and they're seeing the DA and, and all these cops and all these things. Um, the Court of Owls is very much in that same atmosphere. And so it could be really, really cool. Love that. Yep, for sure. And then as, and then going back to what you said about Selena Kyle and Zoe Kravitz, honestly, so I think... The Catwoman introduced in, what was it? Batman Forever, was it? Or am I misremembering? When we initially uh, saw yes. Catwoman? Nin- if I'm, yeah, the, like, if I'm misremembering, let us know on RxP's, RxP Podcast Twitter. Um, but basically, I thought that was a really good take too, but I think she took it to the next level. Uh, Zoe Kravitz did. I think her take was incredible. I think she was my favorite character on the movie outside of Pattinson, obviously. Um, Mm. I think it was really interesting seeing how much of Zoe Kravitz we got. I was really excited about having Catwoman in this movie and seeing how she kind of developed into the story. I think because we didn't have the natural origin story of Batman, it allowed a lot of time to introduce Catwoman. And I think they did a good job of introducing her, but not having her take over too much of the movie. But I heard other people think it was too much in their opinion. What, what were your thoughts? I I really liked Catwoman having her spotlight. Honestly, 
it, Batman and Catwoman were kind of um, doing it out, like duoing it out. I don't. That's not a word. Um, but like <laughs> they both had their like subset uh, story, and both of them were just as interesting. And I think that Catwoman, she's kind of like had a bad rap. Like she has been, oh, this person with a questionable past that steals jewelry and is kind of good but kind of bad. Woo, you know, like yeah. it's the same story that's told over and over and over again. It's really fun to see Catwoman almost in the same light as Batman, yeah. where this is a person that has light and dark in them, and it just depends on the day yep. of which one wins. And I, I thought they did it really well, and I was very interested in every section of her, you know, story. I agree. I think, like you said, this version of Selena Kyle is much more nuanced than what we've seen in other movie takes and, um, well, in my experience, video game takes as well. So I really appreciated that, and I thought it, it built off well from Bruce Wayne's story, like. They, their stories, like you said, were very similar and it helped Bruce Wayne and Batman kind of see that realization at the end too. Like, There's not just one side or one, one side of that coin um, that he was experiencing in Gotham and its corruption all along. There's always something else going on that we're not considering. And so having Catwoman there to help explain that to him at certain times in the movie I thought was really helpful. And I, I thought that really helped push the story forward as we got into the second half of the movie. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I thought that she did super well. I honestly think that she stole the show outside of Robert Pattinson. Yeah, I agree. I think that Zoe Kravitz, like those two are really good. What did you think about Paul Dano in the Riddler? I am very conflicted about the Riddler in this movie. <laughs> so do you want me to go first or do you want to your go take? for okay. it? I want you to, I want to hear it. <laughs> so first off, he comes off as this like terrorist guy uh-huh. on the internet and like there's videos surfacing um, on the news of the Riddler. And I thought him as a masked Riddler worked fairly well. It gave me a little bit of Joker vibes from uh, the Dark Knight because you have this guy who's just make- creating panic around the city, but it wasn't too obviously the extent of how well it was done in the Joker and the Dark Knight. However, when when the Riddler was unmasked, I feel like the casting kind of fell apart. As in, what I mean by that is I don't feel like Paul Dano really did a great job with the character itself. And I don't know what exactly contributed to that. I don't know if it's more the screenplay and the, the material he was given, or just he just wasn't maybe the perfect fit in my opinion. There were, so one scene comes to mind. It's that scene where he's kind of explaining his master plan, like you uh, kind of described it, where there's that plexiglass between the Batman and the Riddler, and he's kind of going through his entire story and what led to this moment. And he tried to be very dramatic after seeing the Batman didn't really understand that he was on his side the whole time. And I, mm-hmm. I kind of got, I, I kind of didn't think it clicked. I thought it was kind of funny. Like I kind of chuckled at it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> While like when Heath Ledger did it, he absolutely crushed it. Like you would get chills when he was explaining the stuff that he did in his past. 
while yeah. in this take of the Riddler, I thought they were trying to go for something similar and it just didn't land as well as I think it could have. Um, mm-hmm. And then beyond that, I think the Riddler in general worked really well, like we said about with this movie. But I just wish the riddles themselves went a little bit further and were a little bit more complex, even though they were good. I think they could have been even better. So what are your thoughts on all that? <laughs> Yeah, like I, I'm right there with you. I think that he did bring a very creepy vibe to it. Mm-hmm. You know, one, Jim Carrey. Let's let's not forget <laughs> you know, Jim Carrey, iconic Riddler, original Riddler, <laughs> which is way totally different, way different. Yep. But they're both psychopaths, yep. and I, I think that he was trying to go about it a different way, which I, I definitely respect because it would be very difficult. Um, to kind of like put my finger on what the Riddler should sound like. I do think his monologue went a little bit too much. Like it was a little bit much with that, that scene in particular with the plexiglass, a little bit much like towards the end of it. I was like, man, he is still going, he's still going (laughs) at it. It was the only time in the entire movie where I was like, okay, well maybe that was a little bit long in the tooth. Like that, Mm -hmm. that, Maybe we could have like been shortened just a little bit. I do think that the riddles were kind of simplistic, which I don't know if Paul Dano is going to come back. And that's my one concern, but maybe redeeming qualities that maybe this is just his first take on being the Riddler. Which is like, fair. This is kind of like the Riddler's origin story. That's true. So maybe like later on, he will have these more complex because even Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey had like much more difficult riddles (laughs) um like he would send batman these cards and he would just kind of like val kilmer just slaved over it like what does this mean i have no idea and i feel like the riddles just came a little bit too fast for robert pattinson i know he's supposed to be really smart but i consider myself a person that enjoys riddles and i was like could you repeat that? I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> like, like there's like, a bomb going off right here and he's just like yeah. figuring it out, figuring it out on the fly. <laughs> yeah. That to me, like maybe was a little bit mismatched, but I, I love the Riddler as a character. I, I think this was a good pick for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know much about Paul Dano. Like I don't know him in anything else. So I don't know, you know, I didn't know what to feel about it, but Yeah. I, I, I didn't mind him, but yeah, probably the weakest point between that and Alfred getting like no screen time. <laughs> I'm like, I thought he might have been a bigger deal than he was. But yeah, other than that, I, I think overall the cast was pretty great. Yeah, that's an interesting point that you say about Alfred because they were kind of connected, um, the Riddler and Alfred, because Alfred was really one of the main people that helped Pattinson kind of solve these harder Mm -hmm. riddles throughout the movie which i thought was interesting um but it also in my opinion is really hard to follow up michael kane's alfred so yeah (laughs) i mean it's no offense to andy circus i just think that michael kane did such an incredible job as alfred that whoever followed him up is going to be a tough take um but in general i thought he did pretty well as um as alfred and then we talked about Jeffrey Wright a little bit as Lieutenant Gordon, and I have a couple deferring takes that I think I'd like to talk through real quick. 
The floor is yours. So I agree that I love Jeffrey Wright. Absolutely. And I also agree that he's a perfect casting for Detective or Lieutenant Gordon in this Mm -hmm. um, version of the Batman. However, I thought it was a little weird that Batman kind of stepped all over him throughout the movie. He was still like the junior of the force, especially early on. Um, But between that and then also him being like the comedic humor of the movie, I just thought it was a little bit off. I wasn't, I didn't hate it, but I just thought it was a little weird that he was the comedic humor in a dark Batman movie because I wasn't expecting that. Was that something that you thought was pretty natural and it worked out really well? I, I, I ended up really liking their interactions. I, I thought that they played well together. They did. I think it's true. This was this is like the classic like detective and Batman. At the end of the day, Batman doesn't need anybody, and I love that sometimes like he would just look around and he'd be gone, like because he got what he needed, <laughs> yeah. and that was it. Yeah. Um, I think they're still working out those things. You know, it was weird having. I want to know what they went through in the first two yeah, years yeah, for to sure. have him like so invested in Batman, exactly. like willing to risk it all just because Batman asked him to. Right. So that that was probably the strangest bit, but I I enjoyed I enjoyed him. I honestly didn't think that we would have any comedic relief right. going into this. Right, so yeah. it was nice to have something, but yeah, I guess you're right. I, I I guess he's a weird person to get it from. Right. Yeah, I think it's just more that I wasn't expecting it more than I didn't like it. And I mm-hmm. agree because the fact that there wasn't an origin story, it also just made it a little bit weirder in that sense for me too because you didn't have that background so it was weird to see him you know taking a punch to the face and letting him escape (laughs) (laughs) because he he was trying to help him the whole time so again i love jeffrey wright i think he did a great job um i just thought it was a little weird that he was like the the buddy cop in this movie basically I like how he's like, you could have pulled your punches. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I did. And he's like, I did. <laughs> yeah. uh, that was great. Was so, so One good. of the funniest parts for me. Uh, so this comes right after another scene that I thought was one of the best. Um, that that car chase scene where I think they were chasing the penguin, right? Yeah. Through the highway and penguin just like makes this huge uh, chain reaction car accident happen on the highway and Batman miraculously just goes through the fire and it's like nah i'm still right behind you yep. <laughs> and then wrecks his car and then the batman theme plays like oh my god this is incredible but right after that they would they had this like um the scene between penguin batman and jeffrey wright or lieutenant gordon sorry <laughs> and after they figure out that the penguin was not the guy they were looking for they just leave him on the side of the road the penguin's like, wait a minute, wait, are you forgetting about me? And they just like, like, did you hear that? No, I didn't hear that. All right, really didn't see it. <laughs> so good. Um, speaking of the penguin, can we just talk about how, who, like, I still don't quite buy it that that's Colin Farrell <laughs> yeah, underneath all that. It's fat. impossible to tell. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's, like, not even his eyes, like, nothing looks like him. I don't even think it sounded but, like him. No, yeah, like I'm still, I'm still a little bit skeptical that that's not just someone else playing Colin <laughs> Farrell playing the penguin. Yeah, come on. Um, 
But I, I thought he did a really good job as a penguin. Like that yeah, is for sure. That is classic penguin. I love small little details. Like uh, he was wearing heels in the in the. I movie. didn't notice that. I don't. Was he really? I don't know. I I noticed it when he was tied up and he was like, you know, <laughs> penguining away. I was yeah. like, that's hilarious. But then I looked at his feet and he had like these three inch, four inch heels. Which is hilarious because he is a very short man, and in That's the film, true. like he was a normal, normal size. So I just I love those little small details that just like play into that world mm-hmm. where it's like, oh yeah, this guy he wants to be seen as something else. Like, fantastic. Right. Whew. What a movie. What a movie. What did you think? Any other? Yeah, okay. I do have another thoughts. What did you think of the theme? of the musical theme of this movie, like the overall composition of the soundtrack, but also the main theme that was like replayed constantly throughout the movie. <laughs> I I thought that it played, like it, it seemed like it just was made for this movie. Like this was just music that I could see playing super well with this. Like it wasn't yeah. very um, noticeable in a sense of like, even like the the covers of the famous songs seem like dark and dreary, which is like the Gotham style yeah. <laughs> of any of these music. Like I I enjoyed it, and I enjoyed that they didn't play music the entire movie. Like, yeah, there was, it wasn't like a Nolan. It was movie. very sparing. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like you can't hear what they're saying because there's music playing the whole time. <laughs> but what I did love is that they they put a lot of effort into hearing other things like when the batmobile turned on yeah and he was like revving that engine <laughs> that thing was a beast yeah. and honestly i think it was like a representation of who the batman is just like this pure raw energy mm-hmm. and he is going to chase you down and you know maybe blow up a bunch of cars in the in the process yeah but like just hearing the sound of the car rather than music i thought was super excellent Mm -hmm. i I really enjoyed it yeah i really liked the sound design of the entire movie to be quite honest i thought the music when they did decide to play it really coupled well with what they were trying to trying to show the audience whether it was fear in that introduction scene with the batman that we already talked about or when they would play that that iconic batman theme like uh during the car chase scene at the end of it, they would play it. And I thought it really helped for me. I thought it really related well to the Batman animated series. I'm not sure how much of that you saw back when you, uh, yep. we were kids, but mm-hmm. I thought it was very similar to the Batman theme from the animated series. And I thought it was awesome. I really appreciate it. I love that Batman animated series. I bought, so this is the the 30th anniversary of it coming out. Oh, is it really? This year. Yeah, so when the, uh, during the 25th anniversary, they released a Blu-ray and digital um, set, and I bought that thing, and I have not opened it because like I'm like, well, <laughs> maybe I'll just wait when I have kids or something, and then open this because my kids will be watching the Batman the animated series. Because honestly, still my favorite cartoon of all time. So so good. so good, absolutely. Yeah. So okay, we've gone through pretty much the entire movie at this point, and I think we can both yep. agree that we really think this was a fantastic movie and it is at the top of the list as far as Batman adaptations on the silver screen. Where do you think it ranks all time as far as all, any Batman movie you've ever seen? Where does this rank? Like I, I think that it's 
easily, I, I think before this, Batman, um, sorry, The Dark Knight was probably my favorite. And behind that was Batman Begins. Um, I think that Christopher Nolan did a fantastic job of kind of reworking Batman. And they have been at the top of my list since then. I think with this, though, honestly, easily better than Batman Begins in my book. I think that Heath Ledger does so much for that film, but I just love the themes of this film and the way it made me feel like this. This is a Batman is in a universe that's very different from ours. It is very similar, but it's very different. I love how it kind of takes the 90s Batman movies, how it was over the top. You could tell that this is a comic book movie. Christopher Nolan peeled that way, peeled that away for his trilogy which I didn't mind, I, I really enjoyed, but it was so refreshing to see almost a mix of those where it didn't have to be completely off the wall, like the 90s with like the, the bat nipples. Yeah, being campy. <laughs> and everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then being real life. Like right. I thought it did a, a wonderful job. So for me, even a couple days in and letting it settle, I still stand by. I think this is my favorite Batman film of all time. That's fair. All right, fair enough. That's That's a... That's a big take. <laughs> yeah. So I've gone a, a little back and forth since I've uh-huh. watched it. I think immediately after I had seen it, the night of, I thought this ranked third for me. I, I thought Dark Knight, obviously, would be, for me, um, the best Batman movie of all time. And then I talked, or I thought about The Batman Begins, and I really thought the screenplay and the cast and the... The acting overall in that movie propelled it forward and have it had a better overall package for me than mm-hmm. this movie did. But then I made sure to rewatch it because it's been a <laughs> while. I've seen The Batman Begins and The Dark Knight several times from Nolan's trilogy because I love both of those movies. But I had been a little bit. And I will say I don't feel like after watching it again yesterday, I don't feel like Batman Begins has a considerably better screenplay and script than the 2022 Batman. And I no longer think it's enough to clearly put it over 2022's The Batman. For me, I think they're now right next to each other as the second best Batman movie I've ever seen. And then The Dark Knight, because of the full package that it provides um, the incredible cast, the incredible screenplay, the incredible score. Mm-hmm. It's just incredible movie. And I, I'll watch that <laughs> a million times for the rest of my life. Yeah. But this, the Batman, I am so surprised how close it got to the dark Knight for me because it does so much. Well, like I was not, I was not expecting it. It's such a dark movie in comparison. Like, for me, I, I always thought that the Nolan trilogy was pretty gritty, especially when you compare it to the campy, older 90s Batman movies. But then when you see this, this is like next level grittiness. And yeah. I was expecting to be a little turned off by that because I still wanted to enjoy watching a superhero movie, right? Mm-hmm. But like I said, this movie is a lot of fun, even though it's in a darker Gotham. And I, I agree with a lot of what you said about this is being this is probably the best adaptation of Batman period. 
I don't even think the Dark Knight does a better job of adapting Batman from the movies or from the comics and from the video games into the silver screen. I think no one does it better. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that I would mark it down for is some kind of corny <laughs> scenes from time to time. And it's just not, it doesn't have the full package as far as like stellar performances that we got out of the Dark Knight, which obviously is a high bar to set. Yeah. I still routinely watch that opening scene of the Dark Knight oh my God. of the Bank Heist. <laughs> yeah. One of, honestly, one of my favorite scenes of all time of any movie. It's just so well-paced, and it's fantastic. Um, So, I think that's pretty good. Like, number one, number two on a list. Yeah. I I honestly wasn't expecting this. My question to you, Yasser, is where does it go next? What do you want to change for next time? I think, without a doubt, Matt Reeves has to come back. Has that been confirmed yet? (laughs) Uh, I hope so. Yeah, I, I hope really so too. Hope so. I, I don't have the answer to that question either, but they really need to stick to this take on Gotham City. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. The dark nature of both Gotham and Batman is incredible. Um, it, it's going to be interesting to see how involved um, Zoe Kravitz's Selena Kyle is going to be in the next movie. It doesn't sound like, or it doesn't seem like from the ending anyway that She's going to be very involved in the next movie. Do you feel like we need another duo partner to Batman? Because we ha- we've seen Batman and Robin in the past, right? And we've seen yeah. why it's failed in the past. Do you think that we could get a Batman and Robin in this universe? Or do you think it still doesn't fit? I... I... So I love Zoe Kravitz in this movie. I hope she does not come back. Okay, fair. Because I I really loved her character arc, and I don't want them to mess that up. But you're right. Like you almost need kind of a dynamic duo. And to me, the most the one that would make most sense is Robin. And um, there's many different Robins that they go can go at. Um, I think a really cool one would be um, uh, Red Hood who initially eventually turns into red hood um his real name i just escapes me but it would be really cool like that would be a different take than you know the dick grayson that we're used to uh that we saw in the 90s films batman and robin i i think that it would be leading into more of a campiness that i don't think fits very well into this series but i would i would trust them to at least give that a try yeah because i think it 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 would be cool. I would really enjoy it. What I hope doesn't happen is I don't want this to be like, I don't want multiple villains at a time. I want to focus in on, on one, you know, like the Riddler or the penguin or whatever, you know, there were multiple ones, but the penguin was a sideshow and I liked how he was a sideshow. He wasn't the main focus. He wasn't really doing much wrong besides just, you know, being him, you know, um, the Riddler was the main course and I hope they don't, they don't go a little bit too ambitious and and introduce way too many characters all at once. And one thing, the biggest thing that I ask is keep every other superhero away from Batman. Yes, please. Can we please, <laughs> DC, you are terrible at your like Justice League or anything. Just stop. Like leave <laughs> Batman alone. I want 
I don't want Superman, I don't want Aquaman, I don't want Wonder Woman, I want Batman by himself doing stuff in Gotham and have it that grounded feel because what really like I I was almost like sick when they had like the DC at the beginning like before the movie started <laughs> yeah. they like showed everything that was happening and I was like if you guys are about to put him into a Justice League I'll kill you all right like don't do it <laughs> um so that's my biggest concern yes is that they're gonna see dollar signs and I hope that doesn't happen I think it is gonna happen sadly um, I know because I think he's already been confirmed to be in the flash movie coming up and the worst part about that is I think it's going to be Batflex Batman in that movie so it's like what wow. even is happening I, I think you're completely right I think the only way they mess up the future movies from here is if they try to incorporate the DC extended universe that they've been struggling with this entire time because we talked about mm-hmm. this quite a bit during the DC Fandom podcast. And that's why we had concerns concerns about this movie going in. Because of how they've handled the other DC movies. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. I, don't want th- I don't want this Batman to be part of that DC extended universe. If he has to be, then I hope they do a better job of incorporating it. As far as mm-hmm. next mainline sequel to this movie... And it's going to be really interesting to see what their direction is. Do you think that like a, a Poison Ivy or a Bane would be too much as far as like the gritty realism of the first movie? Or do you think that they could incorporate something like that? Um, Bane has now been ha- has happened twice, which makes me kind of hope they go in a different direction. Poison Ivy is very much not grounded right like in its reality which makes me one i just wonder how real that would be honestly i think like what what's really driven this whole thing at least for this movie is how kind of like dichotomous all the characters are between you can almost feel what all of them feel um i guess riddler was a little bit one-sided but um a villain that I really would love to see have another shot is Mr. Freeze. Like, talk about really the tragedy. <laughs> yeah. Um, as long like, as it's not Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Schwarzenegger yeah, please. Yeah. But, like, the thing about it, he's this scientist that's trying to save his wife. And, and he does everything that he does because he's trying to save his wife. And I, I think that that's kind of like a gut-wrenching story that we didn't see. Because it was Arnold Schwarzenegger and he was going, <laughs> chill. Like, <laughs> but beyond that is like a really touching story. And yeah. I think that they they could really do that well. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think Poison Ivy and Bane make a lot of sense in this universe. Um, what makes the most sense to me is the villains that you already had mentioned, including um, the... The Court of the Owls. I think that makes a lot of sense based on where this Mm -hmm. storyline has headed. I also think, even though we've seen it, that it still makes a lot of sense to have Harvey Dent and Two-Face involved. How involved they are is up to debate. They've already kind of had an election in this movie. Maybe it's unnecessary, but it would at least fit still in the grounded take of this Batman universe. Mm -hmm. Which he was... Wasn't he district attorney? Yeah. Yeah. 
So like it their district attorney died. So oh, that's true. That is true. <laughs> so what I'm hearing is there's an election coming up. So you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you can't you can't get by with Harvey Dent um, not showing up. The problem is, is like Tommy Lee Jones had a weird take on it. Oh God, like, maniacal and crazy. It was a bad. But take. that played in with that. But the dude and I can't remember his name. In the Nolan films, Aaron Eckhart honestly did a good job. Underrated, like, I thought they underrated he, because Heath Ledger and the Joker. If exactly it wasn't for that, I I love his take on the Two Face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think something like that could fit perfectly in this. It's just you're gonna be maybe overshadowed because I I can't think of anything that he did wrong. Like I honestly mm-hmm. everything about him was was great. So. Absolutely. The the fact that you see Harvey Dent as this like hero and savior of the city that ultimately mm-hmm. breaks down and ends up being a villain was heart-wrenching mm-hmm. in the Dark Knight. Yeah. There's so many the the problem or not even the problem, the great thing about Batman is that you have so many villains so to with, work with. So, stories just like that. Yeah. yeah, like just pick one. And honestly, <laughs> I trust Matt Reeves to yeah. to make the right decision cuz yeah, it's just so good. Trust him, so, so Yeah, I think he his career is about to just blow up. Like I, I really think so. Like he was making small waves with Planet of the Apes, mm-hmm. like the second and third movie, but this is by far my favorite thing that he's done. He did you know Cloverfield before then, mm-hmm. but yeah, this is this is definitely my favorite Matt Reeves film. So I hope that he comes back for round two. So. I guess we're a pretty unanimous that we recommend this experience. <laughs> the Batman 2022 is an RXP recommended experience. You've heard it here first. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. But with that, I, I think that that's a good way to wrap it up, man. This is a really fun talk. Um, I love this movie. Go check it out. Um, if you want to hit us up on everything that we said wrong or you know just want to say hello, uh, you can find us on Twitter at RXP underscore podcast. You can write us in at gmail at rxp.podcast at gmail.com. And we're on YouTube now. So check us out on RXP Podcast. Like, subscribe, do all those things. Um, but for us, see you next time. And I think Grandmaster Doug still. Sorry, Alex. <laughs> 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 <laughs>